Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. We're going to start with a little fun game this week. A little bit of fun anyway. Okay. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but UEFA recently released a uh, handy little pronunciation guide for the Champions League with terms of some of the, the tricky to pronounce uh, players and right. team names. Okay. And I'm going to test you on a few of your pronunciations. Go ahead. So I hope you can see this from across the room over there. How do you say this guy's name? Oh, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, Matthias Delict. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. Thank Matthias you. Delict. Yeah, that would have been my guess. Right. You can do this one then, Danny. Tibot, oh Christ, uh, Tibol Fleetins? It's Tibot Fleetin, apparently. Fleetin, is that. it? Yeah, that's... Uh, it's Belgian, that's, right? Yeah, uh, Club, Club Rouge, you Or Bruca, apparently. Bruca, yeah. Okay, this is a team. Oh, uh, uh, I know that one. Savena Zvezda. Do you want to go? Cervena Zvezda. Savena Zvezda. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. You sounded, yeah, you sounded pretty good at that. Well, this guy can speak like yeah. I can pronounce the R's otherwise. <laughs> yeah. This is an interesting one. You'll all think you know how to say this one, Ooh. but I don't think you can. Oh, go on then. Oh, now you've said what you've just said. Lukas Piszczek. I will go Lukas Piszczek. Apparently, it's Wukash Piszczek. Wukash. Oh, because yeah. it's the L with the okay. thing on yeah, through it, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. 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 Polish. Polish name for you. Uh, this one. Go on, Danny, you go first. Wow. Uh, Janu Olu? Yeah, pretty much. Well, yeah. <laughs> Jean-Erd Aulu is how you say that. Yeah. I love this one. Um, PSV player. Oh, yeah. Jeron, hang on. Jeroen Zouet. Jeroen Zouet. Jeroen Zout is how you say that. <laughs> Get your own Zout. The <laughs> <laughs> last one. Uh, I oh, know that one. Uh, Gonca- Goncalo Gued- Guedes. I've worked long enough with Andre to know this one. <laughs> Gonzalo Guedes. Yes. Oh, that is Gonzalo Guedes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that. Not well bad at all, though. Yeah, I was quite impressed, quite impressed with that. <laughs> Love the cue cards, by the way. <laughs> you were. Well, yeah. Prepare that, prepare that at home. Anyway, welcome to the One Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Burke. Joining me today, uh, just three of us today, we've got Alex Mott. Hello. And Daniel Cardano Jordan. Yo. Danny Isroff was supposed to make his triumphant return to the podcast, but he couldn't be asked. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> if you'd like to get in touch with the show um, and have a pop at Danny for that uh, or any other questions or speculation about our favourite chocolate bars um, the email address to do so is podcast at onefootball.com uh, we're going to start today where else but the Champions League my first question about the Champions League is what do we think of the new kickoff times eh I mean I think it's it's good for us obviously with the stagger kickoff times but I think having Someone like Barcelona early. You mm. look at the Camp Nou yesterday. There was hard, there was like sixty five thousand people there. I know it's PSV, but because it's early, you know, it's people yeah, in Spain. Mean, it's know, still Champions League like debut, and six PM people are kind of leaving the office. Yeah, they're at work, yeah. and I just I don't really understand why you'd put a team like Barcelona that early. I understand mm. that it's for like the Asian market or whatever, but. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I don't really understand UEFA's thinking. Is it also one. supposed to be sort of like so that the Champions League kind of dominates the TV schedule for the evening? Yeah, that's how it's felt to me the yeah. past couple of nights. It, I've it felt like yeah, like, like they're just and, and you know, blackout. Yeah. They black out the whole prime time schedule, yeah. and, and and that's what you can you know kind of conclude in the end that yeah. uh, TV is now more important than actually atten- than actual attendance to the stadium, which is absolutely you know yeah. really sad. And think about yeah, it. yeah. And what about the new ball? 
Is eh. it too blue? Not blue enough or a bit too blue or, or or not quite blue enough? I don't know. Tell you one thing, then, Berg, not a big fan of blue balls. I'll <laughs> <laughs> leave it at that, I think. <laughs> well, someone else who got blue balls last night was uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Did he not? He got sent off on his Champions League debut for Juventus. What do we think? Was it a red card? A bit over it. It was a... It could have, I mean, it was an aggression in the end. Like once you see the replay a good 20 times, you do see that he kind of pulls the guy by his hair. But mm. uh, I mean, a yellow card would have sufficed, I guess. I mean, yes. He not, wasn't booked before, was he? I mean, so. It's not a red card, is no. it? I'd be very, very surprised if UEFA don't overturn that, to mm. be honest. Yeah, they are. Um, I know it's violent conduct, so it is an automatic three game ban, but. Can UEFA afford to have Ronaldo not go to Old Trafford in a couple in a oh, few weeks' true. time? Yeah, I didn't think oh, about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he misses... Is it three games or just one for Well, because it's violent conduct. Since it's a straight red, it is three right, games. Right, um, So he would miss... The third game of his ban would be at Old Trafford. Mm. So I'd be surprised if that isn't overturned. Maybe a one-game ban. But yeah, yeah, it's never, ever, ever been a red card. I was going to say, with it uh, you know, being a... You know, the first game of the group was it not the biggest, world's biggest overreaction of all time for yeah. uh, a tad, you'd say, Ronaldo. wouldn't you? But I, mean, I guess if he's, you know, thinking about maybe missing that return to Old Trafford, then well, missing three games more, more than anything. I mean, yeah. uh, I think that's what what matters in the end a lot. That maybe he did understand what that implied, and getting a straight red card for you know violent conduct is three games out of six that you're missing. So which means you have two left in the Champions League. And I'm not sure if Juve can afford. Uh, not having Ronaldo on the pitch, who finally started scoring again, finally came out of the rut, finally found his place within the team. So I guess the whole frustration and the whole well, the whole build up to this game, uh, I don't know, it kind of deflated him. Having said that, it was a tantrum in the end, and uh, I mean, he's a 33 year old man. <laughs> well, maybe I'm being cynical here, but I also think the overreaction, the tears, uh, probably didn't help that Messi scored a hat-trick mm. on Tuesday <laughs> yeah. he's probably thinking about the golden boot about the sort of you know all the yeah, goals probably. so yeah it was uh it was a bit embarrassing yeah that, well his sister wasn't happy she posted on Instagram <laughs> she said, they want to destroy my brother there will be a high price for these tears they want to bring you down but they won't succeed who, who is they yeah <laughs> This, this the man, man, man. The well, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, surely, surely there's not some sort of dark cabal in the uh, you know corridors at UEFA who wants to bring Ronaldo down. No, I do, although I do think the referee wasn't great for the whole game. There yeah. was two penalties that I didn't. Well, actually, on the Valencia one, I didn't really think it was a penalty either. So I'd be very surprised if that referee um, continues in these in the group mm. stages. <laughs> um, but. I thought I was very impressed with Juventus actually when they went down to ten men. I know I know the goals were from the penalty, but from the penalty spot, but they were very good. Valencia is not an easy place to go. They've started the season pretty well. Um, yeah, and going down to ten men, they yeah they were very good. I thought very very good, mm. very impressed, and sort of you know they were one of the early favourites going into it, and I can see why even without Ronaldo they they look really really good. Yeah, well, that was going to be my next question actually. They've you know, obviously with the transfer policy, they're sort of all gearing towards winning the Champions League this season. Juve, do you think they can do it? Do you think they've got enough quality there now? I think they have a guaranteed place in the semifinals. They have a squad good enough for that. I think uh, what happens after that depends on, well, who progress along with them and uh, what to expect, actually, with the whole Ronaldo saga, how well he plays. But uh, I think they have a good chance. Uh, they've played several finals recently, which means that, and they haven't lost that many players, which means that the core team is still there. So, you know, the experience is there and uh, the frustration of not winning that, which I guess also comes hand in hand, I guess. So having him along 
who's also definitely keen on winning the thing again. Uh, I think it, yeah, they do have a really solid chance at uh, not only making it, but actually, you know, finally bringing you with the third championship they've uh, you know fought for so long. Mm, they've just got six was the last time. They won. Yeah, yeah, it's been twenty two years. Think about yeah. that. They've just got a very well balanced squad, haven't they? Yeah. they? They sort of looked at the areas that they needed to strengthen strengthen the summer, like defensive midfield, like left back. Brought Jao Cancelo. Um, bought Emery Chan on a free, which is another An great, great bit of business. They're just a very well-run club. They have an objective, and yeah, I, I can see them going all the way. Well, at least semi-finals, like Danny said, definitely. I think the main question mark will perhaps be the goalkeeper. I'm yeah, not sure I was, about Chesney, really. yeah, yeah, that's the one. I think that's the weakest link, isn't it? Mm. Uh, I mean, you went from Buffon, who was still not at his peak, but definitely a really high level back then. Uh, talk about a year ago. Shechny uh, has never been like a full-on starter, neither in Juve nor in Arsenal. So yeah, I don't know. He, you could definitely have a better keeper, I guess. But having said that, they they knew that Buffon was obviously you know advancing in years, and they had a succession plan. That's why they brought Chesney in, what, two years ago, two and a half years ago. Right. They've sort of played him in Coppa Italia games, played him in the odd Serie A game, and now they think that he's ready to be a first-teamer. So it's just, yeah, it's sensible planning from a yeah, very well-run club, I it think. It is true. So, yeah, and, and it was a good penalty save last night as well. Yeah. True, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Can't say that. <laughs> uh, well, what, what was probably the, uh, the biggest game of match day one as UEFA insist on calling it was Liverpool's 3-2 win over PSG on Tuesday uh, Liverpool went 2-0 up PSG came back to draw 2-2 and then right at the end Bobby Firmino won it for Liverpool mm. do you think it was a fair result yeah absolutely um, I thought PSG were awful I, they absolutely will not win the Champions League with that team um, I, you know any team can go to Anfield and lose by a single goal but I thought it could have been they could have lost by 3 or 4 to be honest they're they're just not a very good team, PSG. Mm. They're just completely lacking in a defensive midfielder. Why they paid forty million for Tilo Tilo Kera in the summer when they knew that they were losing Matuidi, you know, lost Matuidi to Juventus. They just they're just so like cobbled together. You know, they've got those three players up front who are world class, but you can have whoever you want up front. If you've you know, you they bought Juan Bernat who isn't that good really there's a reason by him let him go they're at a point where they're playing Marquinhos who is their best centre-back in defensive Mm. midfield they're you know they're bringing two promoting on to try and save the game like how how can you have ambitions to be the best team in Europe and that is what and promoting is your senior yeah and that's what you're down to I just I thought they were embarrassing on Tuesday to be perfectly honest (laughs) they're just yeah they won't win the Champions League absolutely no chance with with that team do you think that's a bit knee-jerk Danny to say that they're miles away from well, I mean, they have a good squad. I mean, they, they are definitely heavier up front than they are at the back. That I think there's no question in that. Uh, but then again, your coach is Thomas Tuchel. He's never been known for being like a defensive machine, sort of a you know, mastermind sort of guy. He's, he'd rather you know, win 6-5 than win 1-0. Uh, he's just the, that kind of coach he is. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. It was a really interesting game because it was kind of like the club versus Tuchel thing, which is for anyone interested in the Bundesliga, it was like the whole Dortmund like reunion mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, they have a good squad, but I don't think that Neymar and Mbappe are going to be enough to. Like, do they have a good squad though? Do they uh, actually to win the Champions League? Yeah, they've that's, got, that's they've the question. Got, I mean, they've got a squad which is obviously good enough to win league one, yeah. but they, I, I just don't think they haven't got. They've I have got a harder three, question here. Do you think PSG would make it to the semi semifinals? No, definitely not. 
Definitely, definitely not. It's it's it's, it's a yeah. It, it is a knee jerk thing that they might still be contenders. Seeing what Juve are bringing to the table, what Madrid are kind of showing that they still have. Barcelona are playing great. Even Bayern are, are even with a new coach that hasn't mm-hmm. had Champions League experience as a coach. Uh, Nico Kovac. They're showing a lot more uh, you know flexibility and understanding of what it takes uh, than PSG, who are definitely just you know allowing goals in for the sake of scoring more. And uh, you know it's a bit too risky in mm-hmm. a, such a high. Uh, demanding and uh, and complicated tournament as a Champions League I, can be. I get that Tuca was a sort of coach that you need to sort of work with for a f- you know at least six months to yeah. get his ideas, and it is a lot different to Emery. But you know they've got Enrique, the sporting director, above him. There just doesn't. There's no plan. I just don't. They sort of panicked, bought Burnout at the end of the window. Like I said, bought Kara for forty million. Who you never looked at Schalke and, and thought he's going to be the next best no, centre back in yeah, the world. Yeah, he's a prospect and he's good yeah. enough. But uh, but they need they need a central a defensive <laughs> midfielder. They're going to lose Rabio next summer. Probably it just stinks of a club which is not like com- the complete opposite to Juventus. Yeah. Not well run at all. They you know they just throw money at problems. I yeah, guess. They, well they did well they did last summer when they bought Neymar, <laughs> but now they're the sort of. Paying for it now, aren't they? Because they've got to, um, they have financial fair play regulations, which means they can't plug the gaps that they need. Um, yeah, I just yeah, as you can tell, I'm not a massive fan of PSG. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about you, I mean, PSG's president last week said that he's the best coach in the world. Now, it's not unusual for a president to blow smoke up the coach's backside, but what has he actually done to achieve? Any kind of reputation at the moment, Tuchel. I mean, he's he's not achieved an awful lot in the game so far, has he? I don't think. Well, not with PSG, but I mean, his stint in Dortmund was interesting. I mean, it was okay, though, wasn't it? it wasn't. I think it was good. I, don't, I mean, he was just up against probably the best Bayern of all times. I mean, it's yeah. it's arguable. It's hard to to rack up the stacks when you're facing a team that's twice your worth. I mean, and come out, you know, successful. But uh, he did manage to bring a team like Dortmund, who weren't the strongest team, into the two quarter uh, quarterfinals of the Champions League in a row. Uh, they had a really solid performance in the Bundesliga. Uh, they actually, I think, it's under him that Dortmund had their most successive uh, point-wise season in the German league. So uh, he's not a bad coach. He's just a really neurotic kind of guy that has no problem in thrashing whatever's in front of him. Uh, his relationship with Dortmund ended the way it ended. Everybody knows that was a huge soap opera at the end of it, after the whole uh, bomb threat incident. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, PSG is kind of starting to look like that also, that the relationship apparently between uh, him and the sporting director are not, is not that healthy. The president is kind of like sitting uh, by the lines, letting that play itself out. But uh, I don't know. I think a team with that much pressure and that much money and, well, everything invested in it can't afford to have such a such a you know problematic guy, I guess. And uh, I think that is his, his Achilles heel. His temper. He is yeah. just too much of a wild card to mm. finally become what eventually Jurgen Klopp has become, which has been sort of like an established name within Europe's trainers elite. Yeah, uh, I think that's the one thing that that's that's holding him back. If he were able to control that, maybe we could be talking about one of the best coaches in the world. But so far, he could be, but isn't. Yeah, Neymar was full of praise for him as well last week, but. Uh... Another underwhelming display from Neymar in a big game. Do we think it's fair to say that he's regressed since he moved to PSG? I d- it's t- he does not play for Barca anymore. And I think that's <laughs> it. He doesn't have Messi next to him and Suarez in front of him. So I think that plays a bigger role than you know Neymar in itself. I think he's simply stagnated more than regressed. Uh, but then again, his team is not as strong as the team he used to play for. Mm-hmm. I think that plays a huge role. I mean, when you have players, you can also say something about Dembele with that too. I mean, the kid is good. But having you know the team he has playing with him mm. definitely helps. And and it doesn't matter who it doesn't matter who you are, or how good you are. If you're playing at a certain level every week, I know this is quite an easy thing to say, but Ligue 1 is 
the fourth best league in Europe. Maybe fifth, even. If you're playing at that level every week and then you're being asked to step up to Anfield away in the Champions League, it's it's really hard. It's really, really hard. And you need to be... And you need everyone to be sort of up their game by 30, 35%. And even if, if you've got three, four players that don't do that, then everyone around you suffers. So I wouldn't want to get on Neymar's back specifically because I don't, th- yeah, he wasn't great, but it's, it's just really, really hard for PSG to have to up their intensity when they get into the Champions League because of, because of how average league on is really. Yeah. Tell that to Leon. <laughs> yeah, true. More on that later. Uh, we should probably praise Liverpool a little bit more, I think. Yeah, I yeah think we should. They were, yeah. they were at the brilliant best, Liverpool, the other night, to be honest. No, um, yeah. I've seen them play better. Obviously, Firmino was on the bench for most of the game. Do you think this is another year where they could go deep into the Champions League and maybe even win it this time, Liverpool? Yeah, I think so. They're, you know, we said before the season started, their recruitment looked brilliant on paper and it looks brilliant on the pitch as well, mm. doesn't it? But I. I want to reserve special praise for James Milner. Mm. I thought he was absolutely brilliant on Tuesday. He bossed the game. He's 32. He really shouldn't be this good. And <laughs> he was just quality. He was just absolutely brilliant. You know, when Fabinho and uh, Naby Keita came in in the summer, you thought, um, you know, maybe Klopp might sort of use him for those middling sort of Premier League games that they should... Yeah, rotation. Should, yeah, rotation policy. But he was brilliant. And Trent Alexander-Arnold was yeah. quality as well yeah. and Joe Gomez as well I thought mm-hmm. was had a really good game which bodes very well for England so yeah I know they were great and like I said I, I was I was sort of bad-mouthing PSG they didn't they weren't very good and Liverpool weren't at their best either but they did enough to mm. get the win so yeah I thought yeah well well played Liverpool but can they do it alongside a Premier League title challenge which well is yeah this it? is the thing I you can they, have one or the other I think I mean you can't both and which do you think Liverpool should prioritise if that was the case? If they could only have I would, if I was Liverpool, I would prioritise Premier League. Mm. I would too, um, I think. Uh, they haven't won it in what already? Like over the last time they won it was 1990. So it's almost three so decades. Before they haven't won the Premier League. Um, so, and it would it would mean so much to Liverpool fans to win the Premier League. Yeah, definitely. I can see your face smirking right there. <laughs> um, so if I was, if if it was a choice between one or the other, then I would choose the Premier League if I was a Liverpool fan. But um, I don't really see any reason why they can't go for both. Um, you know, it depends. They'll get out of that group and then, you know, they could get a fairly lucky draw to the semi-finals and then you know it's sort of anyone's when there's four teams left in it and if they continue this pace in the Premier League then yeah I don't see why they can't challenge for both to be honest quadruple Virgil van Dijk is talking about already yeah um, maybe that's a bit too much <laughs> that's a bit but, ambitious isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, they are still in four competitions. True. Albeit it's Technically, only yeah. Yeah. Technically <laughs> they have a chance, but you know. <laughs> Manchester City. Lost. Oh, Lost. City. City. It? <laughs> 2-1 at home to Leon. The favourites to win the Champions League are the first English team to have lost four Champions League games in a row. Uh, it's a bit of a nonsense stat, really. Yeah, I saw that stat last yeah. Still, yeah. But, um, they, yeah, City weren't great. I was surprised by how quiet it was at the Etihad. And how, well, no, and how many people were there. Mm. Um, it's, it seems, it's these kickoff times; people are getting yeah, confused. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'd have to. I've yeah, wasn't very nice about Lee Garn earlier on, but I you have to say well done to Leon. Mm. I thought they were brilliant. Fakir yeah. was. You can see why Liverpool wanted him so badly. Yeah. Um, he was absolutely superb. Him and um, Depay were 
were great in that sort of attacking too. Um, they're pressing really hard. They've sort of they really targeted Fernandinho, which surprised me. He wasn't someone that was there to be targeted last season, mm. but they targeted him really well, rotating the, the press. Um, they deserve their win, didn't they? They yep. deserve their win. Um, I th- maybe it says something about the City players' mentality that Guardiola wasn't there and they eased off the gas slightly, mm. um, which would be a bit of a worry for me. But um, yeah, no, Leon were great on the night, so. Yeah, yeah. Fair play to them. I think the team selection was was quite bad from City's perspective. Really, left Sane on the bench. He really made a difference. Yeah, when he came on, he, came on, he did half, well. Yeah. yeah, Delph had a pretty bad game. Mm. Fernandinho had a pretty bad game. I mean, I don't know how much of City you've watched this season. Obviously, I've watched every game, and yeah. I don't think they've really got going at all. Do you think there's a bit of a sort of hangover from the World Cup going on there, or is it a bit of a title defense issue, or or what's the problem? I think there's a lot of pressure there on both sides. On one, on one side, it is true. I mean, after the World Cup, the next season is always complicated for a lot of teams and a lot of players in particular, uh, especially those, like a lot of English players who for, for the first time in, what, 28 years, they finally made it to such a deep uh, performance in the World Cup. Mm. So, yeah, the whole adjustment period, I think, has, has played a part. But, yeah, I think there's... Uh, there's a priorities issue in the sense that uh, they know the Champions League is like the big thing that they want to achieve this season. They already won the Premier League. They already mm-hmm. shown what they're capable of in England. Now they want to do it abroad. But uh, at the same time, you have on the domestic front teams like Chelsea, like Liverpool, that are really up- upping the ante. So they know that they have to step it up. They have to step up their game. So I don't know. It, it's pretty complicated to kind of like juggle both things at the same time. Uh, similar to what Liverpool said, has happened, but uh, on the other you know side of the coin, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I think that. It'll slowly but surely start straightening itself out. I think, as Alex said, that Guardiola not being there played it was you know a, a factor. But uh, I mean, they have the squad for it. Uh, it's just maybe not the best aim, not the best uh, squad choice. But uh, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll get well. Obviously, they'll yeah. get out of that group. So wouldn't yeah. if you're going to lose a game, I think the first one. Yeah, this yeah, this might be the one you want to lose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've been worried about Fernandinho since he got dominated by Belgium in the World Cup mm. semi-final. City didn't bring another midfielder in. You know, they tried in the summer, they weren't able to. Do you think that's going to hold them back? Um, I mean, it didn't last year. I guess their reasoning was that Mendy's fit now, so Delph would go into midfield. Mm. But is Delph good enough to be a midfielder at Man City? I'm not entirely so, no. sure, to be honest. I guess Foden was another one that they sort of want to promote a bit more. Um, I mean, you, you watch Chelsea and you can see how Jorginho would exactly, have really yeah, fitted into that, yeah, into that Man City team. Um, I, yeah, I mean, how old is Fernandinho now? 34? He played, was he the, yeah. played the most minutes last season for City. So, yeah. He played every game at the World Cup. So He's exhausted. I mean. It's difficult to sort of gauge, you know someone's true performance at this stage when they've you know had the season they did last year in the world cup so i don't know yeah he wasn't great last night but i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't sort of jump the shark just yet as it good (laughs) (laughs) elsewhere inter came from behind to beat spurs on tuesday 2-1 in the san siro um, I was ridiculed on this podcast <laughs> just a few short weeks ago for suggesting that Maurizio Pochettino could be the first Premier League manager to go, but it's not going brilliantly for them at the moment, is it? No, he's gone. Pochettino sort of went a bit Mourinho in his press conference he did. He did lose uh, it a bit, yeah. on Tuesday and sort of was asking for respect and saying his players aren't shit. Um, did he mean that in the sort of colloquial sense, like my players aren't shit or uh, like my players are not shit? I don't know, really. I just, <laughs> I just. Yeah, he has lost it a little bit, which is a bit of a worry. It's the first time those lost three games in a row mm. under Pochettino. Um, I mean, 
but like we just said about Fernandinho, a lot of them just look absolutely knackered, mm, don't they? Yeah. Harry Kane looks like he's playing in his jeans. He <laughs> he cannot move. Um, it's, and they were poor on Tuesday, and Inter weren't great either, I didn't think. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'd be a bit worried if I was a Spurs fan. They, I know they didn't buy anyone in the summer, and at the time, I was one of those people saying that, you know, it's sort of better to keep the squad together and, you know, getting Kane and Ali to sign new contracts was as good as new signings. I think Tottenham are in a difficult position where they have such a settled eleven and such a settled squad that they, if they want to get a backup for Kane, who do they buy? Because a quality centre-forwards isn't going to come and be second fiddle to Kane. That's why they've ended up with someone like Lorente or Vincent Janssen back in the day. So they're in a very difficult position, but I think that, but that's what Pochettino's sort of paid the big bucks for, mm. isn't it? You need, you need to manage your squad properly. You need to manage the games properly. And I don't really think he's doing it at the moment. They're, They've had a bad week, obviously, well, a bad few weeks with the stadium um, yeah. being delayed. Larice, um, his drink drive in charge. And it's, I think it's all just sort of got on top of all of them, really. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do over the next few games. Mm. I'll be, be keeping a close eye on Tottenham, I think, because I'd be a bit worried if I was a Spurs fan right yeah. now. Well, a team who don't have much to worry about anymore is Manchester United. <laughs> yeah, they won 3-0 away at Young Boys. Three <laughs> wins on the bounce. It wasn't that long ago that Jose Mourinho was, you know, it's been talked about he had one game to save his job and even Paul Pogba's thanking him now and saying it's all, you know, it all seems very rosy. What's what's changed in, in the last few weeks for United, do you think? I think they need a bump in the head, basically. And uh, the whole Mourinho on the verge of being, you know, um, kicked out of his, of his position kind of made him, you know, kick back into gear and helped him kind of like reimagine what is going on wrong with the team. I think the reaction within the team was also really interesting because as soon as the rumours started that Mourinho was going to be let go, Pogba and the rest of the team just started saying, like, we love this guy. Uh, they were really adamant about how, about the work he brings into the team, mm-hmm. in spite of the fact that he can be controversial and, you know, very um, upfront about the way he says, th- says things. But uh, it's been an interesting bounce, and it definitely says that something has kicked in within the team and that the mentality it's, it was sort of like, okay, we have to stick together because, as I said earlier, Chelsea, Liverpool are, are really performing well in the league. We have the Champions League ahead of us for the first time since, you know, last time we qualified, which is, you know, not as automatic as one would say five years ago, six years ago. Uh, So I think the pressure is finally starting to pay off in the sense that they realize they have to step up their game. And you could tell that. I mean, arguably, Young Boys Burn is, you know, the weak link in the group. So Mm. 3-0 against them is, you know, as good as, I don't know, beating West Brom or something like that. At you know even then, uh, but uh, but yeah, it's a good sign. It's it speaks about how positive they are and the fact that they can keep a clean sheet and again and uh, you know find the goals and Pogba showing again what he's really capable of and and the leader he can be on the pitch. Uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see how how this team is gonna shape up for the next month maybe or so. Maybe the first game was a soft one, but uh, yeah, game two and three are gonna be really really mighty. Interesting. I would say that they obviously lost to Tottenham and that was where Mourinho had his meltdown. Yeah, and the next game was Burnley away which was last season would have been difficult, but this season is obviously proving to not be that difficult. Um, it's a good game for them. They won 2-0. Then they had Watford. I know Watford have had a great start, but yes. Man, Man United yeah. should be beating Watford. Yeah. And now they've beaten Young Boys. Um, again, not, you know... Yeah, it's not top not class. The, yeah, mm. not the toughest team to play. So they've had three relatively easy games, um, but, you know, you still have to win them. And... 
that will now build momentum going, you know, going into the next month, into into sort of October, November. I was really impressed with Pogba yesterday. He's given the captain's armband and he sort of really stepped up. Um, and I thought Martial played really well. Rashford mm. played really well. Um, sort of those when when Pogba supports Lukaku, Martial, and Rashford. I think Man United looked really good. Um, and it's sort of and that's a bit worrying for Alexis Sanchez, who I think should be dropped from now on because he's not <laughs> performing at all um, and David De Gea has sort of rediscovered some sort of form last year he was the best goalkeeper in the world, well one of the best goalkeepers in the world um, I think he saved the most shots of any keeper in the top half or something ridiculous like that um, so and he didn't have a great World Cup in the first few weeks of the season he was struggling now he looks to be back to top form that'll really help United um, and he seems to have settled on a proper centre centre defensive pairing which helps um, and I was really impressed with Dalot as well yesterday mm. I know, again it's burn you know but he, he played really well and having a proper modern fullback at fullback you know really helps <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? as Man City have proven over the past <laughs> season so um, uh, yeah he's only 19 I think so yeah. obviously it's early days for him but yeah he started, it was his debut yesterday and he, he played really well so yeah things are sort of yeah, mm. looking up, I think. It feels like a Premier League title challenge might be beyond United this season, but do you think maybe the Champions League could be something that they yeah. could aim for at the expense of that? Yeah, I, th- I think they they look like a Champions League team to me. Mm. Um, they were they looked decent last year in the Champions League and then they played Sevilla in the in middle of that weird period for United and just completely collapsed. They were they went to Seville and they were just dreadful. It was one of the worst games I watched last season, nil-nil. And then they just fell to bits at Old Trafford. Um, so if they can sort of, you know, if they win their group and they get a relatively easy draw in the last 16, then they're in the quarterfinals and then, you know, you you'd would back a Mourinho team to sort of grind out a few results mm. and maybe get to semi-finals. So... Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think a title challenge, challenge is beyond them. But, you know, you win... How many games do you need to win in the Champions League? You win 10 games and you're potentially in the semi-finals. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely doable for doable. them. Yeah. Be interesting to see. Uh, Barcelona eased to a 4-0, comfortable 4-0 win at home to PSV. Messi scored a brilliant free kick. He got a hat-trick, but I think it was uh, possibly Usman Dembele who stole the show there. Would you agree? Does he look like yeah. he's back on... Yeah, he's kind of back on track, and uh, you can see he's in form again. And uh, this whole year after his injury, uh, seven-month injury, and the whole, you know, the next uh, four or five months getting back into shape kind of paid off, and the whole you know World Cup experience and whatnot finally uh, have helped him ease down a little bit and focus on you know doing what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, the kid is slowly but surely starting to have a, like a firmer step on the on on Camp Nou's pitch, and yeah, he I think is going to end up being that great. Uh, player that you know was worth 140 potentially 140 million euros uh, mm. down the road for Barcelona so I don't know I would be more worried about what Coutinho can bring to the table nowadays than I would buy by Dembele because mm. he's proven that he has that you know that touch that that's you know that's something that that was so special in Dortmund and that he's now showing again in Barcelona and that will come in handy uh, whenever you know Messi might not show up for the game because he does that from time to time mm. arguably you know it's hard to keep Messi standards the whole yeah. the whole season uh, so I think he's a good uh, a good second fiddle for the team, and that he'll definitely finish building that relationship with Suarez, which slowly but surely you start uh, seeing as more cemented. Uh, and uh, in the end, 
he could end up being that Neymar that Barca were missing last se- last season that was so costly to them. You know, the quarterfinal exit and three seasons running quarterfinal exits. Um, so yeah, this might actually be the the thing that was missing. Tonarelli really motivated Barcelona. Messi as a captain has been really adamant about how much they won the Champions League, how mm-hmm. much they're willing to fight for it. And you know, just you know, blasting PSV four 0 in the first game is, is proof that they you know they mean business. They mm-hmm. could have eased out and have a two 0 win, cruise through the rest of the game, but they meant you know. To, to bring a statement to the table. I think, yeah. I think on Dembele, we do underestimate that these footballers are people sometimes. Yeah. And Dembele had a really, really amazing season at Dortmund. Um, but then went to bus. you know, how old is he, 20, 21? Yeah, he's a teenager. Yeah, basically. yeah. He had an amazing season at Dortmund, but then went to Barcelona, was expected to be Neymar's replacement, cost 140 million euros. It's a lot of pressure the, for The pressure people. on that anyway. Yeah. Got, went there and then got injured straight away. He's in a new city, new you know, new culture, new country. New language, everything. New language, on his own, um, injured, out for sort of three months. The sort of, you know, the weight of that and the expectation. So I'm not surprised that last season was a bit of a dud for him. And I, I don't think you can blame him for that at all. Um, but yeah, he's been there a year now, 12 months. I think I read that he's sort of got some friends and family in Barcelona now. So he's obviously yeah. a bit happier in his personal life. And you can see that that's, you know, sort of helping on the pitch as well. I thought it was brilliant on Tuesday. Um, and like you say, the the players are coming out, the Barcelona players are coming out and saying, we want to win the Champions League, which they haven't really done. Well, they, you know, they sort of implied it over the past few seasons, but they're saying now our objective is the Champions League. And I would worry if I was another club, because I think if Barcelona won it and Messi... They might get it, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Messi's the captain now and sort of... Um, yeah, I could, I could see them doing it this year. This year, they're, they're my pick to win it. Real Madrid and Bayern Munich both got off to winning starts. As did Borussia Dortmund. Uh, goal from Christian Pulisic there. Jadon Sancho made his Champions League debut for Dortmund. Became the seventh Englishman to make his Champions League debut for a non-English club. But can you tell me who the sixth was? Oh, the sixth. <laughs> so uh, Englishman playing for a foreign club making his Champions League debut. I'll give you the club if you want. Oh, yeah, go it's on. It's Olympiacos. Oh, I know. Go on. Matt Darvish. Correct. <laughs> the legendary Matt Darvish. <laughs> Do you even know who that is? No. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we've got a little bit of time left. You know how much I like asking these questions, so I'm going to ask you guys now. Who's going to win the Champions League this season and why? I'll let you go first. Then. Oh, yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Christ, uh, I think it's... Either Liverpool, if they choose to forego the Premier League and just go for the sixth title and, you know, fuck it. Or uh, just go for uh, Barca. Because man by man, I do think that they, they do seem stronger, a squad, even more balanced than Juventus. Bayern are going through, you know, the motions of a new coach. They're still kind of adapting to it, so that's going to take a while. Um, and, I don't know, Madrid, for as well as they might be, as the results they might be, get, they might be getting, something isn't quite there yet, is mm. it? And uh, I don't know. You can't just, do it four times in a row. You can't, especially not without the guy that won it for you the last two the law times. The averages you know. dictates that that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's just, and if it happens, well, I would be glad to be wrong because it would be something <laughs> yeah. historical, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think yeah, it's, it's either Barca or Liverpool at this point. I'm going to go Barcelona Juventus final. Obviously, depending on the draw, mm, but yeah. I think Barcelona for me. How about you, Dan? I was quite confident about City's chances earlier this week, but after that defeat to Leon, I'm a little yeah. less confident. My, Juventus would be my second yeah. choice pick, I think. Yeah, they do look good. But it could be anyone, couldn't it? Well, it could that's, be uh, anyone. Could be anyone. That's the of the Young boys burn, even. <laughs> 
It won't be Chelsea and Arsenal. They're playing Europa League tonight. <laughs> Less said about that, the better. Um, but yeah, that's about all we've got time for this week, I'm afraid. Thank you to my guests, Alex and Danny. Thank, uh, thank you. you to our producer, Damo. Thank you for you, the listeners, for listening to our Champions League bumper special. And, uh, and we'll be back next week. We'll see you then.